Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. weather for you um, and I do not have a co-host so um, if you were banking on local Edmonton weather today I apologize it ain't coming uh, and neither is Gabby unfortunately she's um, uh, feeling a little under the weather today so I'm gonna be flying solo however I do have a special guest coming on today from DCI properties Ryan DeLaurentis the CEO uh, will be joining me to talk about, well, that'll be coming very shortly. Um, stay tuned. Um, Cody in the comments here, we, we're broadcasting live so I can see everybody's comments on the live show. <clears throat> Cody is saying in the comments that he's golfing at three, so it will be warm. So we're measuring the weather by whether Cody is golfing or not. Kind of like, will the groundhog see a shadow? <laughs> oh boy. Yes, broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. If you want to join in on the live show, be a part of the conversation, all you got to do is download that app and then uh, you can join in on the chat. You can call in to the show, ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. We'll give you free coaching. All you got to do is just wake up early. That's the one catch. The one catch is that you have to get up early. And if you can't get up early to get your free questions answered, well, I mean. Ryan here in the comments says, uh, he says, uh, currently five and a high of 20 with clear skies. I don't know if he made that up or the, made that up or not though, but I'm going to go with that. I don't think anyone ever checks. Oh, boy. Uh, Kirsten in the comments also says, uh, now, Wayne, you have to deal with the, the tenants and the taxes. Uh, no, I, I don't think there will ever, ever be a day that I, I, do, I deal with the taxes. She is, uh, she is so far deep in taxes. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how she got sick. I'm pretty sure that was how, like, that's where it originated from, was that from doing that. She is, yeah. It, it's It's a lot. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we do behind the scenes that we don't really talk about as much. Um, so there's so much little things. And um, once you hit, once you hit this level of real estate, once you, sorry, once you hit this level um, of portfolio and business, it's um, there's so much little stuff and um, we do a pretty good job at bookkeeping, but uh, we just got so behind with a busy year. We had a very, very, very um, productive and successful year. Uh, with our business, and um, sometimes when you when you bite off a lot of stuff, it, it it's manageable. But then what you don't anticipate is um, uh, the random stuff that pops up, the things that are that are outside of your control. Um, so we had a bunch of just random stuff come up this year that like we weren't planning, um, that was outside of our control that we needed to um, react to. 
um, and adapt. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very reactive person. I, I'm a very proactive person. I like to try and have all my ducks in a row so that I can make decisions on a daily uh, quickly and not have to think about um, other things. But, you know, stuff happens, so it's not a big deal. Um, it's just taxes. It's not like they're going to come after us or anything, right? No one's ever gone to jail for not paying taxes. This, this show is so hard when there's no, when it's only you. <laughs> I don't even know if my jokes are funny. I don't because I have no, I have no reactions. Um, I'm just waiting. Pay, oh, Cody says Al Capone. Right, right, right. Okay, so definitely pay your taxes. It's not that we didn't pay our taxes. It's just that we just didn't pay them on time. Um didn't file them on time but uh yeah that, that doing doing these shows by yourself is uh is is a bitch um because you have to keep talking otherwise there's there's no sound so i'm just waiting patiently for uh for our guest ryan to come on and he's gonna we're gonna talk about uh i think what we're gonna talk about today is um our biggest flops <clears throat> um in real estate whether that be you know flips slash flops, or uh, whether that be, you know, properties that we bought that, that didn't work out, or that maybe that could be tenants that we, we took on that didn't work out. There's no shortage of flops when 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 you when you do this much business. Um, and if you guys got flops as well, feel free to put them in the comments. Um, love to hear them. Love to uh, love to share them on the show if you're um, if you let me read them. So for upcoming events, uh, tonight, actually in a few hours, I'll be, I'll be hopping in the car and driving South. I'm going to be driving three hours South down to Calgary because we have our Edmonton investor meetup in Calgary tonight from five 30 to seven 30 at our Lake Bonavista Vista fix and flip. So if you want to, if you're in the Calgary area or if you're bored in Edmonton or, or Lethbridge or whichever drive into Calgary, you can come check out, um, the flip that we're working on there in Calgary and, uh, and meet 40 or 50 other investors as well. It's a great opportunity to network with other investors. Um, and, you know, remember what we talked about yesterday. <clears throat> Maybe it was Monday. I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. Remember what we talked about when I, when I asked everybody what it is that they're, you know, when I asked who, who's done a fix and flip and one person put their hand up and I asked how many people want to do a fix and flip and uh, everybody put their hand up. And then uh, and then I asked, what's holding you back? And it was absolute crickets in that room. Learn from that lesson. Remember that if you don't tell people what it is that you have and what it is that you want, they're never going to know. So take advantage of this opportunity, not just when I ask, but just in general, you know, go and shake as many hands as possible. Get as many business cards and, you know, phone numbers as possible. Try and network with as many people as you can and tell them what it is that you want. That's the only way to create opportunities. They will not fall in your lap, I promise you. Not unless you put something out there, right? If you go and you tell the world what it is that you want, then that's when opportunities fall in your lap. They feel like they fell in your lap, but you, were the, you actually did something, right? So looking forward to that tonight. Looking forward to meeting new people and seeing 
seeing others that I haven't seen in a while down in there in uh, Calgary. Um, today is also your last day to take advantage of the huge um, deal that we, we put out last week. <clears throat> uh, today is the last day to join Real Estate Investing Masters and, and also, as a bonus, get access to Barry McGuire's Agreement for Sale Workshop this Saturday. Okay, So for anyone who joins, today's the last day, for anyone who joins Real Estate Investing Masters Mentorship Program, to join that, you just go to www.reimasters.ca. You are also going to get free entry into Barry McGuire's Agreement for Sale Workshop live in Edmonton, September 24th, this Saturday. Okay? Huge opportunity. If you've, been, if you've been on the fence about which courses to take and should I get coaching, should I not? REI Masters has everything. Every course that you're going to need. We have all the home studies. Actually, we have all of Barry McGuire's home study kits which includes agreement for sales, rent owns, wholesaling, fix and flips, joint ventures, every course you're going to need, plus monthly workshops and masterminds, plus weekly coaching. But on top of that, for anyone who joins, you're also going to get the live workshop this Saturday. So great opportunity. Don't miss out on it. Uh, if you're on the fence, do it. Okay. So that, uh, that is this Saturday again, that AFS workshop. And then as well... That's pretty much what we got going on coming up for the next little while. Um, October 2nd, we have a Raising Capital um, workshop as well, but that is ex that's another exclusive to Real Estate Investing Masters. So you need to be a, a mentee of the, the mentorship program in order to be a, get access to that um, exclusive workshop on October 2nd. So there's no shortage of um, workshops and masterminds that we put on. Uh, additionally, October 22nd, we've got our um, introduction to multifamily real estate investing. Um, that's exclusive to Masters as well. So you're missing out on a lot of good stuff um, by not being in the, in the program. All right. Still no guest. So what do you guys want to talk about? <clears throat> oh, there he is. Never mind. Hold that thought. Hello? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yep, you betcha. Nice. Welcome to the show, Ryan DeLaurentis, uh, CEO of DCI Properties. You guys hear lots about them on the, you know, the commercials. Um, they're a wholesaler out in Ontario, large-scale wholesaler, um, serving Ontario and Alberta. Um, thanks so, so much for joining the show today, buddy. Yeah, no problem. What's uh, what's been up in your world? Uh, trying to run a show by myself. <laughs> oh no, Gabby! This morning, she is under the weather, and uh, yeah. Okay, so you need a little bit of color today. Oh please, <laughs> send, me, <laughs> send me a lifeline. You know, if, if this were a video podcast, then I could, yeah. then I could, I could, I could be a clown. You know what I mean? I could, I could juggle. Sure. I could make, uh, you know, balloon animals or something, you know, but when it's just, when I stop talking and it's just you, yeah, it's dead silence, right? It's dead silence. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> so no, it's a tough, it's a tough gig, but, uh, no good on, good on you guys for, for doing it. Um, yeah. What, what's been up? You guys got any projects on the go? How are those going? We've got, uh, eight projects on the go. Wow. Um, yeah. 
yeah, we just uh, just finished selling one last week. Uh, really hope that we sell another one um, any day now. <laughs> uh, the market is, is slowed down a little bit here, obviously, because of interest rates and stuff. So yeah, um, we've also got uh, two others that are going to be done this Friday and another one's going to be ne done next week. Um, I want to get all these on the market before snow falls. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good plan. Wow, that's quite a few. So you got two listed now and another four coming. Um, one listed, three more coming. Got it. And then four others that are under construction. Wow. Yeah, that's uh no, that's that's a that's a full plate. Um, good on you for being able to manage all those. That's uh, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you just just go head first, right? <laughs> it's the yeah. It's the most it's the most we've ever done. Um, you know, especially like earlier this year, spring, you know, when 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 things peaked in Alberta, um we looked at it and we said well, everyone was looking at it. I don't know. I mean, you were in Ontario. I don't know if you saw the same news that we did, but like the sky was falling in Alberta for about eight weeks there. Everything on the news was like families crying in small towns, families crying in big towns. How am I supposed to be able to buy a home? This is impossible. This is not fair. Houses are going for $20,000 over with 20 offers. And I'm sure you guys mm. in Ontario are giggling. Um, yeah. But but like the, the sky was falling and everyone's okay. like, this is unfair. We're going to be just like Ontario. We're going to be just like BC. This is not mm. cool. And um, yeah, it was super hot. And so we made a calculated decision. I'm like, okay, so is this going to peak or is this going to continue to keep rolling? Are we going to finally catch up with the average household, you know, uh, value of our house value of, of Canada? Because for a majority of provinces, you know, we're, we're pretty low. Oh yeah, know, for sure. On the, yeah. on, on the Canada standard. So I, something that you can find on like a nice detached house with a single car garage and you can still pick it up in like the high twos, like yeah. low, low threes. It's, it's for what you get in terms of land value and the size of city, there aren't really a lot of other cities across Canada that are in that range. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you do? Do you, do you, you can't just assume, right? So you can't assume that, oh, it's just a blip and you can't assume that now is the, you know, we today's the day today's the day that is finally going to it's going to go all the way up to you know that single family you know that's attached at two hundred ninety thousand is finally going to reach five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand like it is in in whatever um hamilton mm -hmm. um we don't know but if it does i know one thing i'm going to be effing pissed that i didn't <laughs> buy more <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, I made a calculated decision and I, and I, and I bought a bunch of properties, um, at that, well, what is now peak. Um, and we, we didn't necessarily drop, but we plateaued. Um, and it's just been kind of hovering right there. Got it. But problem is, is that, you know, then the interest rates went up like 3% in six months. Um, and now there's no buyers. So the values are still there, but there's no buyers. So I, I'd yeah. say, you know, there's, there's, three of those properties right there that we're going to probably lose about 10 K, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, it is what it is. It was a calculated risk. We made money on sure. the other ones. Right. And that's, yep. a, I looked at it at, you know, a lot of people ask me like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to lose money on a couple of those problems. Yeah. That's not a big deal. But like, as a, as a whole for the year, I made money. Right. right? 
So yep. when, you, when you look at it at scale, it's not that big of a deal. But if if I went all in on one of these properties and all of my savings, then obviously that would be a different story, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely about protecting your downside. It's a good, it's a good point. You know, I think sometimes people get so concerned about losing money. And to be honest, if it's your first couple of deals, you should be, right? Like don't, don't go into it, you know, with the expectation, like be ultra conservative with your first couple. And then, you know, if you start doing more and it becomes more of a business than like a side hobby, then you can gamble a little bit more, uh, you know, and take calculated risk. But, you know, I've probably, at this point, I've probably done like 50 or so flips. I, I, I probably lost money on like 15 of them, but on the other 35, I, I've more than made up the difference. Which, which is, it was a difficult thing for people to understand. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, people ask me like, well, didn't it hurt losing money? Every single time I lose money, it hurts. Like I, yeah. <laughs> there is no two ways. Of, I don't care if I lose two grand or I lose 25 grand, it hurts. And it's frustrating. And you look at all the other people that you ended up paying on the deal. And you're like, I, I literally took on this project and paid everyone else but myself. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So I, I hear you. It's, uh, you know, it's it, I'm in the same boat. If it makes you feel any better, I have... Um, a few that we bought. Um, I'm kind of in the same rough number on ballpark on number of projects kind of on the go. Some are flips and some are long-term holds, but I have one flip in particular in Welland, Ontario, which is uh, about like 30 minutes sort of northwest of uh, Niagara region. Yeah, I went to uh, high school in Welland. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah. So I, I we bought a we bought a great uh, freehold townhouse there, um, and uh, it, I, I don't know. Bought it at the right price. Had like a forty k spread baked in, and then you know the market flipped like hundred and fifty k in that region. So Ooh. it's been sitting on the market for nine weeks. Probably going to take somewhere in the range of like a forty to fifty k hit which is the most substantial loss that I've had to date. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I like think back, I'm like, would I have done anything different? And maybe I shouldn't have been as bullish in like March or, or February. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't expecting that much. I, I thought things would slow down, but I thought it was going to be more of a gradual slowdown. I didn't think things would like as drastically, at least in Ontario, kind of fall off a cliff between April and, and July. Um, so unfortunately I got caught with that one, but you know, I still did my same due diligence process, ran numbers, you know, got quotes from the contract, like did all that stuff and everything still came back and checked out that it looked like a good deal. So, um, yeah, sometimes that's the way it goes. Yeah. You're right though. Like, I, you know, you can't anticipate it to, to, to turn around that quickly. And it, it, to be honest, I, I think I've learned that, um, it has a lot to do with the media and, and how they portray it because <laughs> it's not like, it's not like it just instantly the market just turns around. What happens is, is like news articles come out and then words start spreading and the narrative changes. And then the, 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 the masses, the people, the buyers, they react and you can That's never right. really anticipate how someone's going to react. Right? Nope. No, not at all. No, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point. Um, and a lot of people will, will feed off that and that's where their, yeah, their source of, of news and information comes from, um, for, for better or for worse. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a tough thing to kind of gauge, but I think it is a good segue. So you and I were chatting about what we wanted to kind of cover today. And I said, um, 
Um, it might be good just to like, I, and I'm happy to talk about it openly. And if people have questions that are listening on the call, but just to talk about some of the biggest flops that I've had or lessons learned from projects that have gone south or properties and, you know, deals that we've lost money on. Cause I think, you know, everyone I think does a good job about talking about their wins and it's like, okay, well, what happened in a win? Well, I bought the property, right. And, you know, I did some work to it and then I refined, got a bunch of my money out or I like sold it on the MLS and we got a crazy offer of rest. Okay, great. Congratulations. Like, that's awesome. But I feel like you really learn and, and you get some good solid takeaways that change your processes through the losses and through the downturns. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I also find that it also, <laughs> but okay, I'm going off topic. I'll let you continue yeah. on. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So yeah, that was, that was my thought. And if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to cover that and I have a couple stories on some properties that I think, you know, early on that we learned some, some good lessons from that your audience may, um, you know, draw from. And if they have questions throughout, I would just ask them to like comment in the, in the, um, note section there. And if they have questions, they can ask as we go. Yes, absolutely. Guys, anytime, anytime you guys got questions, put it in the comments down below. I'm going to keep an eye on, I'm going to keep an eye on it. Um, while Ryan is talking, normally I've got Gabby to kind of keep an eye on the comments. So it's, it's tough to keep up, but uh, <laughs> we're going to do our best today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I started off by sharing, uh, you know, one of my um, quote unquote flops, you know, just this year, um, some, you know, a mis- I don't, I don't want to say a mistake, a lesson um, that, that we learned. Um, so you know, I'd love to hear some of yours. Yeah. So is that the one that you were, that you were talking about when things were kind of, going up and you bought a few at the same time and now you're going to take a few losses on a few like what what would be the lesson learned or the biggest takeaway uh it's it's tough because i probably wouldn't i wouldn't change it (laughs) you know what i mean i i think that i made a good calculated decision um you know during that time we had some issues with labor labor went over as well and that's been a bit of a um when we took up we went when we went that fast that hard um, we thought that we had everything all lined up nicely, but, um, there were a few gaps there for about two or three weeks where we weren't paying attention to the labor and everything was just coming out and going, you know, going, coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. And then because we were so busy and we, we took a little vacation in there too. Uh, when we stopped to have a you look, took a vacation, I'm oh, yeah. it, it was our 10 year anniversary. I had to, I had to. No, it's it's good. It's good you did. But again, think about that. One of the lessons learned is what? Don't take a vacation? No, that's yeah. silly, right? Like, yeah, you have to take vacation. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we you really got to watch. You got to watch it like a hawk. You got to watch yeah. everything. You got to make sure yeah. that like, because especially during the demo and prep stage, there's about, you know, three weeks there where it's like, you know, things come out really quickly and you're like, oh, wow, it was really fast. Great job, guys. And then there's the prep stage. And during that prep stage, you really got to watch because like, that's when like, okay, cool. We should be painting any day and then we'll be putting things back together. But then a week goes by because you found something or, you know, someone did something. Oh, it's, a great, like, it's a great point actually. And a week becomes three weeks and yeah, no, it's a good, it's that a good turns point. Into a lot like of time 10, lost. Yep. And 15 K right there in a lot of, you yep. know, a lot of cases. Um, so you got to really, really, really watch your labor. And then, so, I mean, that was probably because we moved so quickly and we had so much going on, you know, about this, you know, even yep. if you've got good teams, it, it'll, it'll sneak up on you and then you have to catch it very quickly. And then you have to resolve it very quickly. Um, because not, it's not just the labor, but it's also the, you know, the holding costs as well. 
right? Absolutely. Yep. No, I know it's a good, it's a good point. A good, a good takeaway. Um, I didn't learn this until after the fact, and I'm sure you probably know, and other people have talked to you about it, but I think when it comes to construction, um, they often say that between price, speed, and quality, you can have two of the three, but not all three. And so early on, we went with, um, speed and, um, price. And we sacrificed on the quality a little bit because we were buying fixer uppers and we just wanted to get them sold quickly. Sometimes we didn't realize how much the quality might come back and and bite us. But, um, you know, one of, I would say one of my lessons early on from a couple of projects and one in particular. So we bought this place that was just outside of of London um, in a smaller town on the west side of of London called Mount Bridges. Yeah. And it was a rural property. Uh, It was on about three quarters of an acre. Uh, it was like an old farmhouse. And um, at the time, the business was kind of slow. We had been, you know, this was this was kind of mid-2019. And we had start, officially started the business roughly around December of 2018. So, you know, about five, six months in, we had bought and sold some deals, but we were hitting kind of a lull. And, and I was like, okay, we need to find the next deal. So I found this deal on Kijiji and went out and met with the seller, nice guy, but kind of very... Um, standoffish in terms of like you know warming up and stuff like that and that should have been maybe like not a red flag but just usually i find that we've you know it's tougher to get deals from like director profiles it's a little bit easier when you're dealing with like an entertainer or um, a feeler or someone that's maybe giving you a little bit more info anyway so um went and saw the house didn't really spot a whole lot and um i remember taking the deal to my realtor at the time and um the realtor that i have in in london that i work with quite closely his name's cloud um kind of like a like a cloud in the sky but spelt with a k okay um one of the more knowledgeable realtors that i've worked with and for context uh his his dad was a contractor and a house flipper so he grew up on houses working on job sites on the tools um and then be, and then actually spent some time in the U.S. doing development in, in, in Atlanta, went bust in t- 2008, came back to London, and then started growing his realtor business from there. And I really respect him a lot, and he definitely has a lens of conservative because of what he's he's been through. And again, I've, I've referred quite a few people to him, but he definitely has that like solid investor focused lens that I think, you know, all real estate investors are looking for from their agent. Some say they are and they're really not, but cloud is. Anyway, so that's kind of the context. So go and see this property. I'm all hyped up. We hadn't done a deal in a while. And I'm like, cloud, I, we should buy this. And then we're going to, we're going to sell. He's like, Ryan, I don't know, like roll property, sit for a bit. You know, there's sometimes there's issues. He's like, I kind of like the property but it's kind of unique and it's going to take a unique buyer. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to get it at this price. And like, I think we can keep the rentals list clause. Like, I think your rental is going to run a little bit more long story short. I bought it anyway. And we, you know, after all said and done, we lost about 25 K and the biggest, so the biggest things that happened on that project were one, there was uh, we need to put in a new, um, uh, a new retaining wall. So like there, there was quite a bit of water that was coming into the house um, and the downstairs, which I couldn't really see when I did the walkthrough. But if I think back, the seller was kind of hurrying me through going through the downstairs. I was doing my walkthrough and this was Uh-oh. again, still in, in my, in my early days. Right. So something I didn't really pick up on, but maybe should have 
Um, so I, I didn't see, and I also wasn't leading with my nose. So that was another thing that I picked up from cloud and walking through a bunch of houses is like, when you're going into basements, just think like the, uh, like Toucan Sam, like lead, mm -hmm. lead with your nose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause you can often, you can often smell it, right. If it's, if it's damp and moist, you can smell it instantly. So true. Didn't really put that together. So that ended up costing us, I don't know, an extra 10 grand or so. Uh, and then we had a fly infestation. So, um, really? I, yeah, as we got it listed um, in the fall, um, we kept having to go and clean out this house. So my wife and I at the time were taking, like we were still working full-time in the business, but we were taking <laughs> trips back and forth from the property to vacuum up all the dead flies around all the windowsills. Oh. So you know what? It's one of my pet peeves when, like, with construction sites, like renovation sites, is that, like, you know, during the summer it's so hot and they want to keep the doors open to get airflow. But then absolutely. when it comes time to sell it, there's just dead flies everywhere. 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 Yeah. So, you know, our, our material ended up costing us more than we expected. Uh, the contractor that we had, you know, done a couple projects with, a couple smaller projects, when it came to this one, not having that quality piece and going for like the the price and the speed really you know kind of showed through so again there was a lot of lessons learned but if i was going to take one big one away i would say the major one is just don't force deals right like if yeah. i if i really think back to where we were and what was going on i absolutely 100 percent tried to force this deal even against the advice of an agent that i highly respected and knows a lot about real estate and investing who also cautioned me against this property. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was me probably in my, my own ego and my own sense of like, well, we have to do something to keep things going. And it's, it's not true, right? If you have the money to spend on a property, it's not going to die sitting in your bank account, waiting for the next good deal to come along. And I think sometimes we get this like sense of urgency because we see how much other people are doing. And we're like, oh, well, I have to keep up. So I might as well take something else on. And there's, they couldn't be further from the truth. Like the amount of not just money that was lost, but the amount of stress and time and anxiety and just, you know, having to skip out on things because we had to go and clean out dead flies from the property. Like yeah. there were just so many other factors other than just the money that made that a flop. And uh, I definitely like think about that property when I'm taking on other ones. Like I, we haven't touched a rural property since and mm -hmm. there's nothing against them. Lots of people do them. They're just not for me. That's, that's so funny that you say that. Cause like, as you're telling me that story, it's reminding me of a property that's just like, just like two minutes down the road for me. And it was a it's exact same story. It was, it's, it's rural, but it's only two minutes down the highway. We're in a new development area in like the South side of Leduc. And just down Highway 2A, um, there's a house. It's just on the outskirts, but it's an acreage. And uh, it, it's such a cool property. And uh, every time I'm looking at Realtor.ca in Leduc, it's like it always pops up. It's been there for like two years. And it's like, <laughs> it's a really nice house. Like it just needs to be updated. And uh, it's got an attached indoor pool. And like, it's just so cool. And I'm like, oh man, I could make that house look so freaking awesome. And it's like, it's just on the edge of Leduc. Like there's, you know, there's, there's areas for horses and cattle and that kind of stuff. Right. And you know what I mean? Like someone who wants acreage living, but doesn't want to be, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere would love this property. But same thing. When I walked out of the basement, I, it was musty. I could smell like, you know, there was water issues somewhere. 
and and as well, it's an acreage. It's been on the market forever. It's going to be a million dollar property when it's done. And like, I was so tempted when things were hot. And then I walked away from it, thankfully. But I still see it from time to time. Like, I could do it still. But like, no. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. So yeah. you just reaffirmed that for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No, it's uh, the rural ones are, are tough. And um, it does take unique buyer. And I don't I don't know what the style of house that, that this one is that you're talking about. So one that, that we worked on was a small three bed, one bath, vinyl sided. Like it was like a, an old farmhouse. Um, so again, that, that takes a unique buyer. And, and the other thing I didn't realize is that Mount Bridges has basically become, uh, like a higher end suburb of London. So people who like, you know, in their first couple homes or living in London will then move to Mount Bridges and buy a new build there at like right. 800 K to like 1.2 mil. So again, you you know, as I was driving down the street when it wasn't selling and I'm passing by like super nice house, super nice. Like it was kind of an odd one that didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And again, you think about like the buyer profile for something like that. Who is, who is the ideal? But like, I think, you know, if there's anything that I've learned is that you can, you can do well flipping houses. If you really keep in mind a wide buyer pool. Right, that gives you your biggest chance of success in selling the home. And I know some people play in like the luxury flipping space and you know higher end homes with higher end finishes. And I think that's great. And there's there's good money to be made there. Yeah. Sometimes you know sometimes that that um, that class will get affected in downturns, but sometimes not because they're fairly insulated. They have good investments and you know yeah. often diversified, so so they can sustain it. But I like playing in the cheap stuff. Because Me too. usually you have your widest base of buyers at the cheapest price. So some of the best deals that we've made money on flipping came from not really renovating the property that much and letting the end buyer carry that end price. Right. Right. So that was probably another lesson learned on a couple of the ones that we lost money on, which I'm sure everyone has gone through at some point, is just putting too much money into a property that you aren't really going to get back. Like at certain points you have to, and I know that you talk, you talk about this a lot and I've heard this on some of your other podcasts, but just about assessing whether or not, you know, redoing floors in this room is going to net you, you know, if it's going to cost say five grand, is it going to net an extra 10? Yeah. Right. If it, you, yeah. Nine times out of 10, it won't. <laughs> That's right. Right. But it, does it look better in photos and does it show better? Sure. But is that going to lead your end buyer to actually want to pay more money for that home? Um, so, yeah. So I think, yeah, on that on that rural property, definitely don't try and force deals is my is my biggest takeaway and my biggest, um, you know, lesson, I think, that I can that I can pass on is be patient. Um, the right deal will come and the right deal for you. And just make sure you have a good team surrounding you that can provide you with advice. I think the worst thing you can have on your team are yes men. You, you, yeah. you don't want to be the guy bringing the deal and have everyone else on your team be like, yeah, that looks good. Like there, there's absolutely True. zero value there. You want people who are going to push your buttons and who are going to watch your blind spots and be like, no, don't do this. You're being dumb. <laughs> right. And as, True. as, yeah, as hard as that conversation is and as tough as that like feedback is to take at times, I think it's the best type to have um, to keep you whole and to, to make sure that you're not, you know, making um, 
risky, you know, uncalculated moves. So, it, yeah. It's because it forces you to justify your decisions. That's right. Right? It forces you to justify it to someone else because you can convince yourself very easily. Right? You can convince yourself of all the right reasons to do it. It's very simple. But when you have to convince someone else is a huge pain in the ass, though it might seem like a pain in the ass, you know, it's it's holding you accountable to 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 yourself and to your business. I I have a, I have a question um, yep. for you, Ryan, before we go too far in a different direction, yeah. because I was, you know, while you were saying that one thing you said was um, that you like to deal in the more affordable, cheaper houses, more, sorry, yeah. more affordable houses. Let's, let's use that term. Um, cheap shit sells. Cheap shit sells. <laughs> well, there's more buyers. Um, <laughs> uh, but as we were talking about this and as you're saying like, Hey, don't do this or Hey, be patient. I find a lot of people they'll, they'll hear that and then they'll use it as an excuse not to take action. So how do you counter that? How do you find a happy balance of knowing what, you know, what should I buy? Like, you know, how do, how do, how does someone still take action, but at the same time, know when not to take action? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think, you know, like all um, answers, it, it does kind of depend on on the profile of the person. And um, I would say it's a, it's a good point because if you're too cautious, then maybe you don't take action. I do think that there's a lot of good lessons learned. And listen, everyone that I've talked to um, who does this uh, full time, that's done you know 200 plus deals, their first deal is usually shit, right? There's yeah. usually something that they missed or goes wrong. But it's a good, again, it's a good learning lesson. And so what I would say is I wouldn't wait for the perfect deal to come along because it's it's probably not going to come along until much further along when you're better at analyzing and have better processes, know what to look for. So I would say like 70 to 80% is good enough. And as yeah. long as you get a couple like thumbs up from whether it's your your realtor or you get your contractor to give you a second opinion or whether you just ask another investor to take a look at it for you and say, hey, what do you think? Because um, I definitely do agree that you, there can be a little bit of paralysis analysis. Yeah. But the other thing I would say is if you don't have like a coach or a mentor or someone else that's kind of like hand-holding you through the project, then let the project be what you would otherwise pay for that. So maybe you build in to take like to, to break even. Just be like, you know, at, at, at ultra conservative ARV, right? If you run like, okay, and, and that's another good lesson too. When I talk to realtors about like what they think it's going to sell for, if they're not 90% or more confident in the price that they give me, then it's too high. Right. So I'll say, well, what, you know, I'll, I'll do my own analysis and then I'll give it, I'll, I'll, and I'll send it to them and say, hey, what do you think? Let me, well, I think we can list for 499, should sell around 530. How confident are you in that 530 on a percentage? Most will say somewhere around like 70%. I'll say, okay, it's too low. What number do we need to get to to make that a 90%? 500. Okay, great. Now I'll run numbers at 500. You're 90% confident that should get sold at that number. What am I left with? So again, in that taking action, maybe your first deal, you only make five grand. So what? There's a lot of lessons learned. There's a lot of good things that you can pick up from making that five grand that are more than just the money. Right. Another thing that you that you that you mentioned as well was that you you like the cheaper houses. So I think that the fact that you made a decision that I do cheap houses 
and this is what this is the playground that I play in, right? This is my league. Mm-hmm. It, it it helps you to to deter, like okay, am I gonna go play in a different playground? Okay, you know, let's you look know at what's this field over just here. Hearing you hearing you say that is that the one in Welland we bought? It's not a cheap house. No, it was like six. I don't know, we bought it for six something, and we listed it originally for seven forty nine, and now it's down to seven hundred. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't take my own advice on that. So there you go. It, so you went outside of your normal scope of work because it, for whatever reason, and and it probably it doesn't doesn't work out. So like if yeah, you, you know what, what I'll, you know. I'll tell you the the reason that I was that I was riding at the time is that everything was going great. It was February you know, we, we couldn't not make money on a, on a property. So this deal came along. It was in, I had never done a flip in Welland. Don't have contractors out there. Don't have realtors out there. Ran numbers. I was like, numbers look good. Let's do it. So another thing I would say, and this is for me, and I don't know if anyone else can, can relate to this. At the time I had money sitting in in my bank account that I wanted to get to work because my mindset was, well, inflation is high. So it's eating away at, at my money and I need to put it to work to beat inflation. Right. I, I actually had a really good chat with a very wealthy um, investor who owns a bunch of businesses, does some real estate stuff. He actually exited one of his companies for over a hundred million. And mm-hmm. him and I were chatting and he said, you know, Ryan, a lot of people have a false sense of what inflation actually means. He's like, if you have a million dollars sitting in your bank account, you're not losing a hundred grand by not putting it to work. Mm. So, but I think that's, that, that was my problem at the time is that I was sitting on cash being like, oh, well, inflation's high. I'm now losing money. I wasn't losing anything. No one was going into my bank account and taking out 10% of the money that was in there on a monthly basis. Right. right. But that, that was stuck in my head that I needed to put it to work. So again, if anyone can relate to that, when inflation is high, I wouldn't get hung up on that. Be patient, wait for the right deal. Don't force things. Um, it will come. And then to your point about taking action, yeah, maybe your first deal, it's not going to be a home run deal. You're going to make 30, 40 grand. Maybe it's only going to be five or 10, but trade that off with like the lessons and takeaways that you'll get from just having done one and having that under your belt. Mm. Do you mind if I ask whereabouts in Welland it was? Um, yeah. So it's uh, one, if someone wants to buy it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's 180 Cardinal Crescent. Um, Cardinal. In, uh, Cardinal. Cardinal Crescent in Welland. Um, so funny enough, when we bought it, there was only two similar type houses on the market. By the time we got the renos done and got it to listing, there were 14 other similar kind of houses. At, at I guess this was around June when we listed July. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. What's that? Oh. Okay. I know the area pretty well. I'm just okay. Oh, okay. oh, new area. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. New, gotcha. New area. So again, outside of the realm of like what we typically do on flips, which again I think is a good, good takeaway and and good lesson learned. Um, to uh, yeah, stay in your own stay in your own wheelhouse, right? And um, that I you know I, it's funny I kind of teeter on that sometimes on like yeah going into other markets, but you know, having reliable people that you've worked with before that you can trust that are going to get you things on time when you ask for them and just having good relationships and in those markets with people you can count on really goes a long way. And I kind of got away from that um, last year a little bit. We started doing deals all over Ontario. Um, Some of them worked out great, 
you know, we had a couple in Sudbury. I, I've never even been to Sudbury. And, you know, we did a couple of deals up there that went great. But, you know, if I think about it more, I probably will now keep my my area and region kind of limited to like Sarnia, Windsor, and kind of London and surrounding because that's where I have the best relationships, contacts, contractors, et cetera. Um, and and, and um, I don't know, mentally, it just feels better knowing that I have them in markets that I know inside and out. Well, that's that's something that you need to be able to measure as well and, and not just money. You need to be able to, to think about how much time and energy, you've said that a few times now, how much time and energy is this taking from me? Um, because it's not like, sure, like you had to go down and you had to scoop up and vacuum flies and stuff like that. But like the stresses of that was probably Absolutely. from doing so much because you weren't for in sure. your creative state, right? Absolutely. Your business was probably hurting. Yeah, for sure. No, no doubt. When you have a property that's sitting and you know that you're losing money, it, it is a huge distraction. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the other thing I'll say too, for, uh, uh, you know, for anyone right now, I don't know if maybe things have turned and anyone is sitting on a, on a project where they, you know, might be in a spot to lose money. I would like my, my best, best advice is to, to cut your losses and move on. And, and for the, for the main reason is that is exactly that, um, creativeness and the, and the energy and stress strain of hanging on to, um, you know, an underperforming asset, right? Like we, we get in this game to, to make money and, and, you know, to maybe have some fun if people really enjoy real estate. But I think, you know, mainly it's to like find a good investment that makes money. And if you, for some reason, land on a bad one, that isn't get your get your capital back that you can go and redeploy somewhere else and don't sit on it and stress about it and worry about like oh i'm going to take a five grand 10k hit i'm just going to hang on and wait for the next offer to come no like get your money back sell it move on get some good lessons learned and then go redeploy that somewhere else with the lessons and, and processes and takeaways that you have this is this is solid advice from an entrepreneur and maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to everybody or some people right now but when you start i keep saying at scale when once you get to that point where you are you know you are a true real estate investor and you're doing this stuff full time and you're you know you're wheeling and dealing this you can't have that kind of stuff lingering it, it will it'll it'll fuck with your head it'll really fuck with your head and it prevents you from growing and you sit in this lull and it's it's a it's a hard thing to describe to someone who's not quite there yet but, you know, if, if you aren't there yet and maybe you're a few years away from being that real estate entrepreneur, um, you know, write it down, fold it up, put it in your wallet. OK. And, and maybe or in your in your in your winter jacket pocket. Mm. And in a couple of years, you'll you'll find a twenty dollar bill in this note and it'll remind you of what we told you today um, because it's it's draining. It, it'll really mess with your head. I promise. And, you know, there's another, I think, misconception that I just want to. Um challenge a little bit that I I heard a lot as I was coming up and listening to the, you know, real estate gurus and the coaches and that is when you're presenting yourself to investors, if you are going to be, you know, leveraging other people's money, which I strongly encourage people to do, uh, maybe not always with JV partners, maybe more in like a lending capacity. That was how, how I did it, but to each his own. Um, I think there's, there's this notion that like, well, I can only present my best deals. And so if I haven't had the best deals, no one's going to want to give me money. I'll tell you this, as someone who I, I like now I, I have closer relationships with 
business owners and investors who are investing like millions of dollars, people like to see a little bit of scar tissue and they like to see that you've been through some shit and had some like lessons learned from going through some rough deals. Because again, you can go through like, you know, I often ask myself this question, you know, our, our company has grown and done really well over the last few years, but how much of that was maybe just dumb luck that we were in like the best real estate market of all time or like one of them from 2019 to 2022, right? So I gotta be a little bit humble too and say like, yeah, I'm sure I, I, I helped that, but I'm sure I got some help as well. So I think, you know, there's a notion that you can only present your best deals and that you can't really have any losses. But I think that true um, investors and people that you wanna borrow money from will actually um, view you in a different light if you're able to show them, hey, this property didn't make money, so there is a chance that the, we could lose, right? So you're, you're putting, you're being very transparent. Here's the lessons and things that I took away from this deal. And here's how I, you know, my goal is not to have that happen again. And, and here's why. And I think people will respect that a lot more than someone who comes in and says like, I'm going to double your money. I'm going to get you 12% and this and that. And, you know, I've only ever had wins. I think humbling yourself a little bit and coming to the table with a couple losses and lessons learned really helps put you in a more um, honest and, and transparent light for the person that you're potentially going to be leveraging their their money. Authenticity. I love it. Yeah, that's right. I love it. And, and Ryan, um, I'm sure a few people are thinking this right now, but in the future, when we have you on, maybe even, you know, the next time you're coming on in two weeks, um, if you're open to it, I would love to have more of a, uh, a discussion with you about how it was that you found those private lenders or, you know, for example, joint venture partners, if you did. Yeah, sure. Because this is, I, I talk about it a lot and uh, I, I'm sure you listen to the show a lot as well. I have a no bullshit approach to it. I'm not going to give you a three-step formula. I'm not going to tell you that like this script is the one that made me millions. No, I'm just going to tell you that you need to go out and talk to literally everyone that you know and be authentic. That's it. But I'd love, I'd love to hear, have another further discussion, an hour long discussion with you in the future about how it was that you approach people, maybe from how you do it now as opposed sure. to maybe how you did it in your first discussions you know, when you were first looking for your first private lender or partner. Yeah, for sure. No, there's definitely been some, some good lessons learned. I'd be happy to, to share that and, um, and, and go over that. I know it's a, it's a topic that's often in a, in a lot of people's minds and just for the, you know, I'll give the very, very short tale and we can go into more of the longer tale. I, my, my advice is always to lead with it, with a deal um, already in hand. People are busy especially people who have money. Yeah. I think I wasted a lot of time early trying to raise money before I had a deal and it, and it flopped. So go deal first, find a good deal, have your numbers, have your stuff ready to present. And you know, you can have a very short call and raise a good amount of money in a short period of time. If you got a good deal. <laughs> Don, Don in the comments says lead with a deal and your nose. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest takeaway. That's right. <laughs> was, well that that just tells me that people are paying attention today so that's really good that's awesome yeah and if you guys are looking for deals like this and I, I, here watch this now i'm going to do big plugs but like legit like if you guys are looking for deals and you, like, you don't know if it's good or not and you guys want it like pre pre like a pre-screen deal and that's pre-analyzed and all the the comps and everything already like seriously hop on dci's mailing list like 
it, it, they literally will send you deals that are already packaged nicely for you, you know, right to your email. Then all you can, you can, they'll have the comps there. If you still want to do your own diligence, which I strongly recommend you do, Ryan sounds like a really nice guy, but don't trust him. <laughs> do, you know, do your own diligence, run your own yeah. comps. And if you don't like your realtor's comps, do your own research, just like Ryan does. Like, make sure you feel comfortable with it. But no, um, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good point. And one thing I did want to add, and I hope people can kind of take that away from, from here. Like I'm a fairly straightforward, transparent guy. Like you want to ask me a question about like how things are gone. I'll tell you how it really went. And I think I've tried to emphasize with our team since the very first deal that we sold is that I don't want to sell shit on a stick, right? I, I want to make sure that investors are making money on the deals we send out. So we really do probably even to a fault, right? We could probably make more money if we were sending out absolutely everything that we got, but we really do try and make sure that the deals that we send out are good deals. And I'll tell you something, if, if anyone's paying attention in Ontario or in Alberta, on like other people's buyers list, there's a reason that we don't send out price reductions, right? There, because most of the deals we send out get sold because we're really trying to make sure that they're good deals for investors to buy. So I just want to highlight that and emphasize that. And I, again, don't, don't take my word for it. Do your own due diligence. Uh, it's important you do, and it's important for your own learning that you do, but we do stand behind the deals that we send out that are, you know, most of our investors are going to make money on. That's awesome. And that's what I like about you guys. Obviously everyone knows me well enough because they listen to me every morning. I can't hide anything. I would not associate myself with a with a company that that I didn't believe in, right? So that that has to mean something as well. Is that I did my own research. I worked I worked with DCI personally on on deals, so that I I feel comfortable, you know, saying that I everything that he says is true. Okay, <laughs> uh, Ryan, man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, wow, lots lots and lots and lots of valuable information. Um, love having you on. We'll have you on again in two weeks. Um, again, if anyone wants to get onto the buyers list, it is. Um, yeah, DCI properties.ca slash buyers. And then for Alberta, it's uh, slash Alberta buyers. Awesome. Okay, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again thanks for coming for, on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Give Gavin my best. Hope she's feeling better. And uh, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you guys in a couple weeks. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Ciao. How about that? Let's drop my volume here. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he, he, clearly he knows what he's talking about. And, and, and that's what I love. I love that um, he's, he's got a lot of experience and lots of things to share. So I'm glad. I hope, I hope that you guys... Um, really enjoyed that episode today. Um, there was a question that came through a little while ago and we, we were talking through and then there wasn't a good spot to come back to it. Um, Kirsten had asked, being that busy at that time, how long did it take for you to catch it? So when I was referring to um, my lesson uh, about a half an hour ago um, and making sure that you're staying on top of the trades, it was about three and a half, four weeks in on the deal. So, uh, paint was just starting to go on and things were starting to get put back together. So for that first three weeks, it's a whole lot of demo and prep, uh, with your, with your deals. And then, um, 
sorry, with your innovations. And then from there, that's when flooring goes in, trim, and everything starts going back together. Um, it was around that four-year mark we started noticing that something was up and uh, sort of four-week mark. And then from there, there's a lot of like, it's not just like you identify it. What we identified was a problem and we needed to start diving deeper into it. And then meetings started to be have, you know, had and phone calls, but it's like, okay, let's talk on Friday. Okay, let's talk on Tuesday. Okay, let's talk on next Friday because just like timing and stuff like that. And that's when, you know, suddenly four weeks turns into five weeks, five weeks turns into six weeks. And then you're still trying to figure out like, where, 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 where are we wrong here? What's going on? And until eventually you identify the root problem. And at that point in a renovation, when you're six or seven weeks, you, the deal's, on, you know, it's almost done. And it comes to like, it gets so far gone that like, it's hard to repair. You can repair it, but then are you, you know, are you inheriting this property back? Like, are you taking it back on? Do you need to go find another contractor to finish it? Um, at that point, you need to really just assert yourself and, and, and the seriousness of it to ensure that maybe you, um, you motivate them or depending on the situation, inspire them to, to fix it and to make it right. But again, at that point, it's like, it's too far gone. So, you know, had I noticed it in the second week, it would have been a different thing, right? It, it would have been completely different. Um, these, these, these flips, these, these renovations are so fast. They, 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 they just, they'll, they'll, they'll fly right by you, especially if you have multiples going on and you really need to be checking in on the property twice a week. And even if you go in there and you say, okay, yep, same, same. Great. But it's that one time that you go in there and you notice something and it's not quite lining up or you look at the invoices and they're not quite lining up the hours. Um, you need to jump on that and tackle it immediately and try and avoid, you know, letting it drag out over weeks because you're trying to say the right thing or you're trying to um, make sure the relationship isn't, isn't uh, affected. Uh, you need to, you need to treat it like your business. And though it might not be your personality on a regular basis, that, you know, you are the one that's assertive or you are the one that is willing to have those hard conversations. But if you want to get into this and you want to be a CEO, you need to act like one. And um, tiptoeing around people's feelings and relationships will not get you there. And what ends up happening is, is that that over budget or that additional um, time and, and money it, it's, it's, it's your problem. It, it comes off of your paycheck. And that might mean that your deal doesn't make any money, or that might mean that your deal loses money, right? Um, because the other person always gets paid. So uh, that's, you could tell that I'm, I'm being very delicate with, with what I'm saying right now. But just again, just make sure that you are staying on top of it, whether that be, you know, a contractor that is quoting you, whether that be a, a contractor that is um, doing hourly, I know a lot of people have hourly contractors. Just make sure you're staying on top of them and you know, okay, are they saying, are they doing what they said? Do the hours look right? And are they on track with the schedule? Okay. Um, yeah, that's the best advice I can offer for something like that. Um, especially when you start doing multiples. With one property, it's, it's okay. It's, it's manageable because you can just, you can literally drive there on the way home from work every day. Not a big deal. 
Um, but when you start doing multiples in, in, in different cities and, and, uh, you know, spread out, uh, all over the place, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard because you're, you're, you're a busy person, but, um, okay. Well, we made it. I see some, some people saying that this is a really great show. Thank you so much to, to Ryan. Ryan's awesome. Today is your last day, okay, to take advantage of that amazing offer for joining the, uh, the Master's Mentorship Program. Um, you're going to get free access to Barry McGuire's AFS workshop. Don't miss out on that. And if guys, if you guys can't afford it, that's totally fine too. Don't, don't, don't let me pressure you, okay? Make, do what's right for your family. Do what's right for your finances, okay? Um, now, if you guys are interested in the Agreement for Sale workshop, though, and you definitely want to take advantage of that, you can go to barrymcguire.ca for that. And uh, register. If you guys need a discount code, shoot me a DM. I can get you a discount code. Gabby and I are going to be there this weekend. We'll be um, uh, we'll be on stage teaching as well. This is this is one of my favorite topics. So I, I I'll never miss an opportunity to uh, to talk agreement for sales and share stories and deals that I've done in the past. So um, looking forward to seeing everybody there. Looking forward to also seeing everybody tonight in Calgary. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go shower, brush my teeth, and start heading south down to Calgary for that. Um, and yeah, again, look forward to seeing everybody. And I hope you guys have an awesome Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 